Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of the Dead End Sports Podcast. This is a weekly sports podcast. We want to thank you for checking us out. I am host 12, Kyle. And of course, I will not be doing this podcast alone. Joining me are my homies. First up the bat, my man, BZ430. BZ, what up, though? What up, though? What's up? What's going on, fellas? Chilling, 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 man. What's cracking? I mean, up here watching this good old playoff basketball, man. Spurs and Rockets, game five. No doubt, no doubt. The pivotal game five. Yep. yep. <laughs> also joining us is my homie Ken. Ken, what's up, man? Chilling like a villain. <laughs> oh, you went 85 on us. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't done so already, make sure that you subscribe to this fine podcast. Um, but let, first, let's start with the headlines. Varball is back in the news. Uh, Lonzo Ball sneaker dropped. Internet reported there were 5,000 sneakers sold. Uh, turns out that sneakers were a little less than that. Somewhere a little bit more than 300 pairs were sold. Let's start right there, B, man. Y- your take on the Zoe 2s for $4.95. I'm not a super sneakerhead like that, but I even know that's like too much for some shoes. Um, I get it. He's, he's, he's taking a, a huge gamble. On his sons, you know, hoping that <laughs> that you know they well, at least Lonzo that's getting ready to be in the top top two top three draft pick um, gets you know going to the NBA make some noise and, and I hope he be successful um, because if this if he can be the next you know up and coming caliber player like a D Wade or LeBron James or a Kevin Durant type of guy I mean it it will pay dividends but. You know, we still just we still think about it like, dog. This dude has not stepped not one foot a pinky toe on the NBA court yet, and for his, you know, for him to be just so putting all this stake into his sons, thinking his sons gonna be all this. I I saw an interview where he did with Skip Bayless, um, where he was talking like his rejected how his sons, how big they're gonna get, and how much of a problem they're gonna be, and everything like that, like. We're not even factoring in injury. We're not even factoring in none of this stuff. Like, all this stuff can happen. I, I like it. I just think he's just going about it kind of wrong. And Gasol together is my point. Uh, Houston leads. Huh? Oh, my bad. My bad. My bad. Oh, I was about to say, say damn, King, you sound different. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, <I'm> sorry. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like I said, I, I, I love the confidence. And I love that if – if this pans out, he could be he could be setting a mold or starting a trend that we can see in future superstars or whatever. But the big question, the big word is if you know um, the shoe four ninety five. Yes, is 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 high as heck. And and you know, shout out to a lot of the black athletes that's going out supporting. You know, I, I'm all for that. If this big baller brand takes off, he will be the last one laughing. That but key word if. <laughs> So right. I mean, and it really falls on what Lonzo's gonna do coming into the league. Lonzo better be one of the top two, top or top candidate for Rookie of the Year at least coming into the season. The way that his father is mouthing off about him. I think he talks too much. 
I think, you know, when it comes to LeVar Ball, man, like, yeah, we are talking about it, but it's negative. Yeah, it's great that people are supporting him, and I support the idea behind what he's doing. I just think his approach is all wrong. His business approach is all wrong as well. Um, I do think that if a guy like LeBron did something similar, he would sell. But that's LeBron James. And the success of this shoe depends on Lazo not being good or great. Lazo being Kobe. Lazo being LeBron. Lazo mm-hmm. has to be Jordan. LeVar Balls, his old mentality is, you know, what if LeBron or what if Serena or what if Kobe would have had their own brand in the way they turned out. Like, you know, I mean, he's right. Like, yeah, if, if LeBron would have been like, hey, I got my L, my LBJ brand. Nobody would have bought them damn shoes, B, right. you know. <laughs> no, 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 you're right. Probably probably not coming out, but, like, look, like now we see what LeBron is now. It's like, damn. Like, you know, it, it, that would have paid off big dividends. So I think that's what LeVar Ball's mind state is. Like, why not just take that game? He's all about taking that gamble. And and I mean hell that's a that's a gamble that we probably us three guys wouldn't probably take right. But he's taking that gamble. I think, I think in saying something like that, I think that's the cover up for the negative press. Yeah, and he's trying to spin it in a way to make it make it look good because let's be real, man. People only buying the shoes because they want to support that idea. Like right. they, like the way he could have done it, signed the deal, two three four year deal. Um, Lonzo going to be a star, then he break out and do his own thing. But you're banking on Lonzo being that star. Right. And if he's that star, then it's easy. And if you believe in him the way he did, he'll have working, he'll have capital to invest in that because he'll have shoe sales. What if he's um, injury? What if he end up being like Derrick Rose? First four years, right. amazing. And then... After that, we don't hear from him again because his knees or or whatever keep keep but keep you know messing up. Yeah, anything and then, and then yeah, anything can happen. I mean, this this, this is like I, I and, and the idea of selling the shoe in advance is something that's not foreign. A lot of products do it in order to get the capital to make whatever product it is they're selling, and. You also check to see if there's a market, if there's a demand for the product that you're selling out there by doing pre-sales like what he's doing. Because he can't make the shoe now. He needs the money from the sales in order to get somebody to make the shoe. You know, you're going on these shows, which the show's doing it for ratings. You're wearing these suits, so now you're trying to change the approach. But it's not how you look. It's what's coming out your mouth. I think part of the... the like like you said, Ken, I think part of the appeal is that one, you know, there's been this, I mean, four or five months ago, we didn't know who this dude was. We knew who his son was, but we didn't know who he was. Um, selling the shoe for four ninety five, dollars I, I think that's ridiculous. But, you know, I, I applaud the hustle. Um, and like you said, a lot of, you know, celebrity athletes, you know, got behind him and, and purchased the shoe. And for those of you listening, just understand that the shoes aren't made yet. So if you order the shoe today, you will not receive this shoe until I think November. 
So, you know, it has to be pre-ordered and the shoes have to be made and then they have to be distributed and the whole nine. Um, so, you know, the four ninety five shoe price and the and the uh, slides or flip flops, if you will, for uh, for, for two twenty. And, you know, LeVar Ball's explanation was, you know, it's, it's no different from Gucci or Prada, you know, who sell high end shoes. And he's basically saying, I have a high end sneaker. Now, let's get to the product. Because uh, I'm about a products guy. When you look at the shoe, it's a nice looking shoe. Uh, maybe a lot of people didn't catch it, but it looks to me like the old Kobe shoes. Um, that's what I thought when I saw it. I mean, other than the logo. Um, but I understand what he's trying to do as far as like, you know, having the brand and the whole nine. I get it. Uh, and I understand why he's gone about it this way. I just think that no, LeBron couldn't have have done this, but LeBron was a one in a generation type talent, and we saw that, or we we saw we saw glimpses of it when he was in high school. But I don't even think LeBron had the you know had the idea to to do this. So, you know, at the very least, you could commend LeVar Ball for coming up with this concept. That being said. People want to see results first. If, like you said, Ken, if you run this and you, let's say he signs a Nike deal, he signs a Nike deal, he's he's got a three year deal and he balls out of control and he is, you know, one of the best players in the league, so forth and so on. You you built up enough equity in your talent to where people will really flock to your product. It's not the other way around. You, you, people aren't going to flock to your product just because of hype. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of sales, you know, I shouldn't say a lot. There was a good amount of sales, I guess, relatively speaking for them, if they did, you know, more than 300 sales in the first week um, or first day sales. But those numbers are going to taper off. My second issue with this whole thing is, and this is the biggest issue is, who's pushing the product? Normally, the athlete is the one that pushes the product. LeBron James, when he's pushing Sprite, He's in the Sprite commercial. When he's pushing Kia, he's in the Kia commercial. Where's Lonzo? I'm against hip-hop artists signing with major labels. You guys basically can do it yourselves. You don't need them, right? Mm-hmm. This is kind of the equivalent of that. He's going independent. I'm 100% for it. But at the end of the day, what is happening with LeVar Ball right now and he doesn't see it, but I see it. ESPN, all of these companies are playing him for a fool. They mm-hmm. don't give a damn about his shoes. Maybe Shannon and Skip do because they got good hearts. But I'm telling you, they are using LeVar Ball. They are um, parading him around because he's a big, loud, black mouth <laughs> that's out here just saying whatever. And, and, and they're making him look like an idiot. And it's also a reflection on us. When I listened to that interview that he did with uh, Dan Levitard, dog, the whole time they're sitting there doing the interview, they're laughing at him. They're laughing at him. And they think this guy is a joke. And and that's what I, I just wish he would just clean that part up. And I understand that that's what got you here. But to go there to the other level you got to get rid of all that 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 coonery, man. You got to get rid of all of that that foolishness because these pe- they are not trying to hear it. 
in corporate America. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. we're still in that system. And you still have to partner with people in order to get your product to the masses. And he just needs to cut it out. But right now, LeVar, I know you're not listening to this, but I'm telling you, brother, they are using you in order to get their ratings up, and your ass ain't selling damn shoes. Nope. And and I think you make a great point with the comparison to uh, hip-hop and, and the rap labels, because at one point in time, and we, we all came up in hip-hop, at one point in time, it was looked down upon for you to be independent. You know, everybody, you know, when they got a record deal in the 80s and the 90s, everybody was on a major label. If you were an independent label, you know, people kind of looked down at you like you suck. You know, so I'm all for... You know, like you said, a hip hop artist that's going independent or a, a young entrepreneur trying to get his business or his hustle. I, I get it. I understand it. But you you have to go about it the right way. And I think you got to you really have to go. You really have to get your foot in the door before you can start making demands. I think the problem was, was that he didn't get his foot in it. He's standing outside the door and he's making demands from outside. <laughs> and people are looking out the window like, man, we ain't letting this fool in. Oh yeah, we'll let him in eventually. We'll let him in when we have to, you know. And and it's it's it's, it's that's a when you open show. the door and it has that chain on it, Kyle. And you crack <laughs> open the door. <laughs> you talking from behind the door? Yeah, talking from who this? Who who's this? Who are you? Who are you? Are you were you invited here? What's your security code? Yeah, that type of thing. So, and it it kind of reminded me of uh, back in the mid '90s when uh, the Little Penny doll blew up, and Little Penny. Because Penny Hardaway did not really talk a lot to the media. He really did. I mean, he's cool, but he didn't really talk a lot to the media. The little doll was bigger and and was more impactful in selling of Penny's shoes than he was. And so, you know, when you took, if you said, okay, well, we're going to take the doll away from the commercials. If you got Penny Hardaway just doing commercials, eh, not as, not as, not the same impact. So, yeah, man. So that's, that's one thing that, that was making headlines this week. Also, uh, in the boxing game, uh, big, big fight this past weekend. I did not get a chance to see the fight, but I heard that uh, Canelo Alvarez put the beat down on Julius Cesar Chavez Jr. I know B is a huge boxing fan. B, did you see the fight? Yep. yep How I bad did. was it? Uh, true. Um, um, Canelo won every round, like clear. Like it was, and I think, I, now I want to say from what I remember, I think all three judges had him winning every round too. <laughs> Yeah, it was like 129, 108 for uh for the for the box for the judges. So yeah, Canelo clearly won. I don't know I don't know if Chavez Jr. was just there to get a check, but you know, it's almost kind of like man, this has to be somewhat disgraceful cuz we all know that his father was that dude. Mm-hmm. You know, uh is Chavez Sr. was that dude. 87 and and old before yeah, he, he had took, like 100 fights. <laughs> yeah, 87 80 he went 87 and old before he had his first L, you know, so um yeah, his son just seems like he's just like kind of living off that name and just thinking stuff can go his way. And it's like he's not putting in nowhere near the work that his dad put in. And it's just no, it's kind of a shame because he started off. He started off kind of hot. And I think he just got too comfortable when by the time he got like about 20 and 0, 21 and 0. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of been slacking since then. So I knew Canelo was going to come in this fight. I already had Canelo winning this fight anyway. Um, Canelo is just technically. He's he's just a more technically and he can buy he can box and he's a brawler at the same time and he's a good counter puncher so um yeah that's why that's definitely I had Canelo winning this round I just didn't think he was going to win every single round because <laughs> actually Chavez Jr. is a bigger middleweight they fought at the middleweight uh 
the middleweight, which he's going to be fighting Triple G September 16th. Okay. Uh, the middleweight, which is that's going to that that's 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 the one I'm de- I definitely wouldn't mind paying pay-per-view dollars for it. <laughs> I really don't. That that's that's one that's the fight I definitely want to see, man. I mean, you know, critics, everyone is saying this is probably going to be the biggest fight since as far as hype-wise, biggest fight anticipation since Mayweather and Pacquiao. Um, okay. So, yeah, I, I'm definitely looking forward to uh, Triple G and uh, Canelo, man. I, and I, I got Canelo winning it, man. I, I think it's gonna go to distance. I don't think, I don't think it's gonna be a knockout or anything. Um, I just think you know Triple G is just straight up. He, they both play off to their strengths really well. Um, Canelo is a good counter puncher, so he's gonna want Triple G to come straight in, and Triple G. Is gonna come straight in and gonna try to knock you out, and Canelo gonna try to stand. He better not try to withstand that power. But um, but I think Canelo's gonna counter him really good. Uh, I think this is gonna be as Mayweather. This is gonna be the toughest test for Canelo, and I think Triple G. I think this is gonna be his first really really great test. Even though Daniel Danny Jacobs, he gave him a, he gave him a bit of a challenge, man. So and I think if, if Danny Jacobs can give uh, Triple G a challenge, I think Canelo. A much technical, much more technical fighter, a better counter puncher. I think, I think Triple G. I think he's going to. I think uh, Canelo's going to win off points. Okay, okay. So you guys heard it here first. Uh, fight party at B's house. Yep. <laughs> uh, also, this past week, uh, making headline news. Um, Always dreaming won the uh, Kentucky Derby. I actually watched the Derby. Uh, pretty good race, man. Um, Always dreaming really got out front and smoked the field. Um, so if you if you watch horse racing, obviously uh, the Preakness is up next, and then the Belmont Stakes. I think that's how it goes. Um, but uh, but yeah, always dreaming won the 2017 Kentucky Derby. Uh, also, a bit of a sad note, man. Uh, making headlines: the sports reporters on ESPN, long-standing program that's been on the air nearly 30 years, uh, aired for the final time uh, this past Sunday on May 7th. Um, you know, they they broadcast every Sunday. And I, I think what happened was they announced, I want to say maybe about two months ago that um, ESPN was would be moving in a different direction. Uh, replacing the sports reporters would be uh, E360 or E60, I'm sorry, um, every Sunday. So instead of seeing, uh, you know, some of the usual cast of characters, Mike Lupica, Bill Roden, uh, Bob Ryan, Mitch Albom, uh, just to name a few. Uh, you we will be seeing E60, which is E60 has been on. I want to say for the last two or three, probably no, maybe three or four years, but they've never really had a home or a, or a particular time slot. Um, but obviously, I mean, much much love and, and shout out to the sports reporters. Obviously, uh, we would not be here had it not been for programs like the sports reporters. I think you know that. Personally speaking, I know I gain a lot from watching it. It's something that I watch every Sunday, regardless when I'm in church. If I'm at church, I record it. I come back and watch when I get home. Uh, any quick thoughts on uh, the sports reporters? Um, yeah, you know, uh, you know, you know the uh, the untimely passing of John Saunders, in my opinion, I think probably plays somewhat of a role because um, he was that was that was his show. Like that was mm-hmm. him. You know, you think of sports reporters, you think of John Saunders, man, and and, and the rest of his. You know, is you know, it's guys that he was on the panel with, you know, talking. I mean, he had different guests for like you just named, like you mentioned earlier, uh, Kyle. But yeah, I think you know, John Saunders, and then with this whole ESPN going a different direction, then you got all the layoffs, and just you know, it was kind of like the writing on the wall. I mean, that was that was one of the shows I looked forward to watching on Sundays, you know, at 9 mm-hmm. 30 sports report. I, I loved it, man. A very, 
you know, more calm, more intellectual approach of, you know, sports, what's going on in the sports world, man. So that was a show that I, I actually really enjoy watching on Sundays, man. So, you know, sad to see it go. Um, you know, hopefully, you know, that's, you got you got guys like us, you know, you got you got dead in sports. You know what I'm no saying? No question. So, you know, it, it, we, we, we keep the torch going. You know what I'm saying? What about you, Ken? Yeah, I think um, <laughs> with the uh, with the amount of noise that's out there nowadays, um, driving sports conversations, it was always good to have um, conversations like that taking place. You know, I think it's um, a clear indication of where we are going in, in sports media, and um, and I wish that there was room for programs like that more in in today's world but unfortunately it's not so yeah i i, I agree 100 percent, man i think it's um it you gotta think that there's room for for programs like that uh especially at that level and like you said very high highly intellectual conversations and and very you know really cool think pieces i mean like you know v- most of them weren't you know were, were unbiased uh, with the exception of bob ryan who's you know, all Boston all the time. Um, but nonetheless, uh, you know, it, it was a pleasure to see. And, and I think I, I think we all got a chance to see two of the greats uh, rest in peace to um, Dick Schaap and, and John Saunders, um, who both, you know, carried the torch in, in that whole seat, uh, probably, you know, for the better part of the 30, almost 30 years that it was on uh, on the air. So they would definitely be missed. Um, Moving on to NBA action, man. We're in the second round. Let's let's get a recap. A couple of things happened since uh, the last time we spoke on last week's podcast. Uh, the Utah Jazz, uh, they are going fishing. Uh, <laughs> the Warriors got them up out the paint. And um, Toronto Raptors, uh, they're going fishing as well. Uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers got them out of the paint. Um, so now we've got, we've got two series left, you know, with the game still remaining. Uh, at the time of this recording, uh, the series is tied 2-2, headed back to Boston for Game 5. And as we're currently recording, uh, the Rockets and the Spurs are currently playing Game 5. Uh, so let's start. Let's take it to the East with the Wizards and Celtics. Um, Ken, what do you make of that series so far, uh, and, and how do you see this thing playing out? Because both, because neither neither one has won on each other's home court. I'm sorry, yeah, the home team has won every game. I, th- I think this one may end up going seven. Isaiah Thomas complained about the referees mm-hmm. from game four. We expect he's going to get a lot of calls in in Boston. And while Boston was up 53-50 at one point in game four, and, you know, they got blitzed by a 26 nothing run to end up losing that game, um, I, I think Washington will end up winning that series. So I think we'll come back to Boston uh, for game seven while LeBron is at home chilling. <laughs> and um, and I still like the Wizards. What about you, B? Uh, how do you see this one when shaping out? What do, what do you think so far uh, with the Wizards and uh, Celtics? Um, I still got Wizards winning this. I, I do, just like Ken, I do think it's going to go seven. I love the fact that these dudes can't stand each other. I love it. <laughs> yeah, me too. It, oh, it, I forgot it, about it, that. Man, it just brings yes. out the, the competitiveness all oh, just so much, man. Like when when them teams can't stand each other, they are out for each other's throats. Every single game, every minute, every quarter. I love it, man. It just reminds me of like 
Indiana and New York Knicks of the 90s, man. Like, them teams just could not stand each other. If John Wall wants to be considered one of the best, you know, not in, not shit, not even just in the Eastern Conference, but in the NBA, this is your moment. This is the time where we always say this, legacies are built in the playoffs, man. So this is the time, you know, you can't have Isaiah take your thunder. If Isaiah go out here and ball these next two games and eliminate you guys and John Wall don't show up, we we can't we can't have we can't have that conversation you know like you you can't have that when you're not stepping up on big playoff games right now the momentum is in Washington's favor if they can just go and sneak a a, a road game you know coming and then coming back to Washington would we'll possibly finish it out in six you know and John Wall looks good in these games hey you know we can we can probably have that conversation but until then John Wall got to show and prove for me man and. and you know, it's going to be interesting them playing in the, if they, you know, advance playing the Eastern Conference Finals um, against Cleveland. So that that be. I, I got Washington in seven. I, I, you know, one of the things that intrigues me about this series is I think if you look at it, Washington really could have swept this series, <laughs> right? You know, because they got they went out on these big leads in in both Game One and Game Two and ended up blowing those leads. But um, I think one of the things that really kind of had me scratching my head, and, and and this has been a common theme, not just in this playoff, but over the last few years, I'm surprised at how bad teams, the road teams have played. It's, it's mind-boggling. Man. And, I, and I, just, I get it. You know, superstar, the, you know, the old saying, superstars play well, role players play well at home. You know, your superstars are going to play well wherever they go, but your role players are going to play always play well on the you know at home as opposed to being on the road. But that being said, I just I just don't remember you know t- I remember playoff games being very very competitive and just you know your road teams you know anybody could go into your arena and get a win. Um, it doesn't necessarily feel like that at least not in these earlier rounds. Th- these teams seem to be you know very it look, looks like overmatched to some degree. Um, that being said, I think uh, I, I still I pick the Celtics to win this series. I think the Celtics obviously going to win in seven, and I'm just interested. To, I will be interested to see how the role players from the Wizards play uh, in Game Five, and how the role players from uh, the Celtics play in Game Six, because I think that'll determine whether or not we get a Game Seven. And then you know, game you get a Game Seven, you know, it, it's all up for grabs. I think Washington's going to pull it out, man. I, I I I think I called it in six, six before six the series. Yeah, six games. Um, really, Washington should be a three-one right now. That that's really where they should be. But it is what it is. I still think that the best player, even though Isaiah Thomas is out here balling, scoring fifty-three points, has not been done. Um, I think I was watching Colin. And he has a dude on there. Man, you know I'm bad with names. I need to get better with names. But he had a dude on there, and he showed, like, a list of top 10, like, all-time greats that never scored 50 points in a playoff game. Isaiah Thomas scored three. So, you know, he's out here balling. He's proving himself. But I'm, I still got the Wizards in six, man. I, I still think John Wall is too unstoppable uh, right now. Uh, and I don't think Boston has the – I don't think they could do anything with them. Ken, uh, give us your thoughts on the Western Conference. I'm torn. I'm still torn. <laughs> um, I I was talking to B-Man, and I think I did overreact to the big win by the Rockets in game one. Of course you did. I'm the um, only one to pick the Spurs. <laughs> yeah. 
I still seeing the Rocket, you know, seeing the Spurs win two in a row. It looked like they had figured it out, and De, you know, D'Antoni's teams, uh, for whatever reason, he just can't beat Pop. It seemed like that that narrative, that storyline, was going to play out again. Um, but the game back, they won game four, obviously, and here we are in game five. And right now it's 86-85. The, the Rockets are battling. And um, I got to give them a lot of credit, man, because um, Pop is a hell of a coach. And the one adjustment he did to keep Harden off the free throw line was was just fantastic. Man, I haven't seen anybody do that yet. And basically you just keep your hands to your side. Yep, and he can't yep, do that, that, yeah, that sweep through uh, move. But um, this is going to be a battle. This is going to go seven, I want to say. And because the Spurs can win on the road, they can win anywhere. Um, I'm really impressed by the Spurs. They lost Tony Parker, but it's like right. they're not missing a beat, dog. And the way they play with the level of professionalism, with the level of execution, um, it's just, it's just the joy to watch. You know, they're not running around jacking up a lot of threes and doing this, that, and the other. They play great, great basketball. And because of that, they're able to, you know, overcome Herculean efforts by James Harden and hot three-point shooting by the Rockets. And what we've seen is that the Rockets, um, in the second game, I want to say, it, it just seemed like, second or third game, I want to say, I think they were just, it just showed that that three-pointer can be the depth of you. And mm. in game four and in this game, I think they're kind of evenly matched when it comes to the threes, but they're finding other ways to score. Losing the Nay is going to be big, not just for this series, but I think for the next series, because this inside scoring is huge. I still got the Rockets winning this series, even though I really, really want the Spurs to win. I will be happy if the Spurs win because I'm tired of people burying the Spurs and talking crap about the Spurs. I would just, I would prefer to be wrong on this just to see the Spurs advance so Colin can eat his words and everybody can eat their words trying to put them boys down. Um, but again, Pop is not overrated. The Spurs are not done. You know, then, and I think we all just he said thought Pop they was were. overrated? No, he said he's not overrated. No, no, no. <laughs> no Colin said, did, yes. Said, yeah, he said. Man. Oh, he said that. He said Pop is not overrated. Yes, he did. Colin said Pop is overrated. Yeah, he said Pop was overrated. He wow. Said that well, it, did he say why? How? Well, how? He said. He said. He said Pop is overrated. He said he thinks it was more Tim Duncan than Pop, and and uh, that's why they got five rings. And um, wow. what else? He said that he's stubborn and failed to adapt to the league. Now, keep in mind. Wonder what he Pop was about the Phil first Jackson. one to do the, the was was the first one to shoot threes all over the place. They won a championship that way, and um, he's always adapted. He he went from David Robinson being the guy to Tim Duncan being the guy to Manu and and, and Tony Parker being being the guy to Kawhi Leonard. He's always adjusted in ways that he needed right. to adjust without sacrificing the integrity. Of what they do as a team and as a and, and it's just like, what are you talking about? Right, this guy, like he's, it, he's it was, clearly like the the Bill Belichick of NBA. <laughs> like, not to call if, it. If you criticize him, well, you might criticize the Patriots. Then, 
Oh no, you know, Pop, Pop doesn't cheat. Pop doesn't cheat. Well, yeah, yeah. What you about to say? Crazy thing <laughs> that that Colin was giving Be- Belichick more props than Pop, and that's crazy to me. Yep, that's he crazy. Was. I, 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 like I said, if if he says that about Pop, I wonder what he says about Phil Jackson because Greg Popovich is it will go down as one of the greatest NBA coaches ever. Period, point blank. And I, I don't think that's you. You could make a case for out other than rings. You could make a case for just coaching and X and O's. I mean, he's right there with Phil. You know, other than rings. But I'm loving Kawhi yeah. Leonard, man, and I think there's still another Kawhi Leonard game. What's up, FIFA? I was gonna say. You know what's gonna extend Kawhi and, and, and add another like <clears throat> player development to 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 like a, a an ascending superstar because Tony Parker in his prime was like borderline superstar. Obviously, Tim Duncan was. You have Manu, the next guy after Kawhi, Dejounte Murray. Yo, yes. this guy, I'm telling you, he because Pop played him early in the season and he was getting mm-hmm. buckets. You know what I'm saying? And then all of a sudden, you know, obviously you want to get into playoff mode. You know, you want to hunker down. But now he's going to get his opportunity, and it's going to be in the playoffs. You know what I say about young players playing in the playoffs? It expedites their progression. That's why Kawhi Leonard every single year has been able to get better. This guy, um, DeJounte Murray, he's going to yeah. be their next all-star, man. Real talk. I'm grown. I like him a lot, man. I've, I've seen him play throughout the year. Remember, I, I would comment throughout the year that, like, Pop was out there winning games with, with D-leaguers, man, and guys we've never heard of. And th- and he did that throughout the whole year. Um, and, and there's another guy. I'm waiting to see how he developed. Kyle Anderson. And I don't know if he's going to be something or not. And But he seems he- like he's he's a Pop guy. He is, but you know what he is? He's Boris Dia. Like, that's his mm. ceiling. He He's not going to be better than that. You know what I'm saying? He's going to fill the stat sheet but not stuff him, you know, across mm. the board. He's going to be nice. He's going to be uh, one of those um, glue guys, one of those rotational, you know what i You know what you're going to get. He's going to play hard on defense, but I don't think he's ever going to be a star in this league. And that other guy he has, uh, Bertans, uh, isn't he a rookie? I think he's a rookie. Um, Who? I think he's from overseas. I may have gotten his, his last name wrong. Yeah, it, I think it has to go seven. Um, because I think James Harden had he has to still prove himself in the playoffs. He got to get to these Western Conference Finals. He he want to call himself the MVP. Um, and he has this squad, and he's done what he's done in the regular season. Don't be Peyton Manning. Um, so I I, I see I, I see him balling. I see him. Still doing what he's doing. I I, I I see seven games, man. Pop is that good. Kawhi is that guy. Like, you know, I, I know I kind of downplayed him at, at, at the beginning, like a lot of people did, but he he's that guy. He is definitely that guy. And, you know, it's the system. They got a system. Next man up. And I see seven. But I'm still sticking with the Rockets because of the firepower. But the, uh, Ryan Anderson has, what is that, a messed up wrist on his shooting arm. On his shooting hand. So I think that's changed a lot in the series. But I still got Houston, man. I still think they got too many weapons. And the guy I'm talking about, Ralph, is uh mm-hmm. is his name is Davis Bertans, B-E-R-T-A-N-S. He looks like a white Blake Griffin. <laughs> I think I mean I originally thought was thinking off the first game, I was overreacting a little bit. I was thinking Rockets and five, but I think I I give it Rockets and six. I think it's just gonna 
I think they might still. I think they might. St- I can see them still in this game, and then Spurs winning in, at Houston next game, and then they coming back here for seven. So I got okay. Rockets in seven. Yeah, I, I, I still. I, I think I said Spurs in seven. I'm gonna stick with Spurs in seven. Um, like I said, this has been a very intriguing just game. Um, not just games, but like I said, back and forth. Seeing the role players and how they played on the road and at home, I, that's what's really been mind-boggling to me. You even see a night like tonight where a guy like Manu Ginobili is playing really well in Game 5. Uh, and just the the ebb and the flow of how guys play well in one game at home and then you know on the road you don't see them. So it's just – I'm interested to see how this plays out. But it is, this is a very intriguing series. Um, moving on, as I mentioned at the top, man – LeBron James and the Cavs got uh, the Raptors about the paint. Uh, LeBron made some headlines uh, over the week by uh, stating, I guess, I don't even know if he was asked, but LeBron said, and I quote, I have nothing, as far as basketball goes, I have nothing left to prove. Uh, And that had some people scratching their heads. So, you know, when you couple that with the fact this past summer, he said, quote, I'm chasing the ghost of Jordan. Uh, The question I have, and I'll throw it out to you, FIFO, what, if anything, does LeBron have left to prove? He's always going to chase the ghost of Jordan because at worst, he's number two at worst. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's, let's be honest. Let's 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 put it all on the table. Everything Braun has done. He's at worst. He's the second best player to play this game. So he's always going to be chasing the ghost of Jordan. But what else does he have to prove to us? You know what I'm saying? This guy's won three rings. Multiple superstars, Hall of Famers haven't won one. And if they did, it's probably just one or two. He's won multiple rings. He, one of the few players that should get his jersey retired in two different arenas. Like this guy, what else does he have to do? He came back 3-1. He's done the impossible. And he had the most scrutiny, the biggest microscope, a $100 million shoe deal coming out of high school. Like, come on. He has fulfilled his destiny. He's done it. There's nothing else for him to 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 prove his greatness but he's still gonna push forward to add to that mantle to just further cement it it's like i i hate when people take this stuff out of context and and it makes it seem like like there's nothing else for lebron to do like he like like his fire doesn't burn as hard come on man this guy's one of the great he wants to win he's gonna do whatever it takes to win man so so to me I think he's just talking to all of the haters, Bruh, If if by now you don't you don't see everything I've done and you don't give me my respect, then it is what it is. But I already I'm cemented, and he's still gonna go get more, man. He's still gonna make finals. Who's gonna dethrone him in the East? Nobody, man. Like, come on, come on. So he don't have nothing else to prove to me. He 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 he's at least second greatest all time. No doubt, no doubt. What about you, B? Uh, what, if anything, does LeBron have to prove? Um, yeah, I said this. I think when I saw it on the Dead End Sports account, uh, I was just like, when you know, LeBron says he has nothing to prove, and I was like, well, based on what he said, he still does if he's chasing the ghost <laughs> of Chicago. Um, so yeah, I, yeah, I found it a little contradiction, a little bit of the way you know when I saw that, I'm like, well, you just said you was chasing Jordan, and if you are. Then no, you you have nothing else to prove. Um, I mean, you have you still have more to prove. I mean, you know, not saying he has to win, you know, six or seven championships, you know. Um, but 
Yeah, I think you see. I mean, because to me, his game hasn't even shown signs of slowing down yet. I still think the level of LeBron we're seeing, I think he can still play about three or four more seasons at this level, you know, before unless he suffers a a, a major injury, which he hasn't yet. But mm-hmm. I still see LeBron going three years of this before we even start seeing him declining. And uh, no telling what he might accomplish within the next three to four seasons. You know, it might be some more finals, might be another championship or two. Um, so, you know, it'd be interesting. I think for starters, if he beat this Golden State squad with Kevin Durant, I mean, that, that that's, that's, and if he wins next year, that'd be a three-peat. Like, you know, I mean, hell, that'd be right. That'd, that'd be a, a good, a good conversation right there for, is he the best ever, you know, and for that conversation as the best ever. Um, so yeah, he still got some, he still got more to prove, man. Um. Yeah, if he was to retire right now after this season, I mean, yeah, he would he would be, you know, people would list him top five. You know, he he'd be in one probably in that in certain lists. Mount Rushmore is a basketball. Some people probably wouldn't still, uh, but you know, he he'd definitely be, you know, top five, top ten greatest players of ever, like ever. So, no, he doesn't. If he feels like he doesn't, and I normally hate saying stuff that way, um. But the reason why I'm saying it this way is because at some point you have to control your own story Mm. and how you will be remembered. And, and I think that's what LeBron is doing. I think LeBron may have sat back one day and looked at his resume, looked back on his career, reflected and be like, you know what, man, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. I came back from a three-one deficit in the finals versus a seventy-three and nineteen. Like, what else is there left? Because if you really think about it, B, to your point of him playing more seasons, more seasons, more than likely will equal more finals could more than likely equal more finals losses. And the more that happens, the wider the gap to a lot of people will become between him and Jordan. I think when LeBron said he was chasing the ghost of Jordan, he was still on that high of of winning last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think now he, you know, Chris Broussard said this, he looks very relaxed. What I also find interesting is that we don't even talk about Kobe anymore. <laughs> think, think about that for a minute. It was all about Kobe. Kobe was the second best player in the NBA behind Jordan. That is gone. That is gone. It's now LeBron and Michael Jordan. Kobe is an afterthought to some people. Why, and, why do you think that is, Ken? I think that is it because Kobe's gone from the game, or just no? It's it, simple. Kobe <laughs> never dominated like LeBron dominated. Let's be honest. <laughs> Let's be honest. I've been saying it. Get right on the phone. Get right <laughs> on the phone. But nobody's pointing that out, man. I, I want y'all to know. Hey, yo, y'all heard it here first. We're yeah, talking you, about LeBron yeah, to be now. honest, I, I, that's exactly where I was going. That's why I started laughing. Jordan was was great. 
Jordan didn't run the league the way LeBron runs the league. LeBron James runs the NBA. Hands down. He is. Uh, I disagree with that, Ken. Jordan ran the league. In fact, Jordan had the league scared of him. <laughs> no, I'm talking about in terms of just overall, right? Jo- Jordan ran the league in terms of competitiveness, wanting to win. I'm going to win championships. LeBron runs the league in terms of business, getting players on top of their game. The the thing, like, if listen to that Dwayne Wade uh, interview he did with Woj, he, this new, um, the way they do contracts now and the way players sign contracts, right, okay, all of this stuff was started by LeBron James. And Woj was like, yeah, he made a comment about it going back to the way it was where players just took the long-term deal and security. And Wade was like, I hope not. Now the players are, are in control. That was LeBron James. When oh, LeBron no question. James, no question. Yeah. When, and, and so that's what I'm talking about. When he, run, when I'm t- he runs the NBA, dog. Like, and, and it's crazy. That's why whenever something happens, you know, people point the finger at him, even though he may not even be involved. The resting thing, they they blame LeBron when it was Pop that started it. I, I he's he's right there, man, and I'm like on the cusp of calling him that because just, I mean people talk about him quitting. MJ was a quitter. He quit on his team for two years. <laughs> no, he retired, kid. <laughs> no, he quit. MJ quit. Now, depending on who you ask, some people said he was forced out of the NBA well, because yeah, of this, yeah. this hidden agenda, but that's another story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, yeah he, he quit. He doesn't have to be the, the greatest of all time, um, but I, I definitely think that he has nothing left to prove, man. He's done it all. Like, he's helped go undefeated in the finals. He doesn't have anything to prove. Nothing. I mean, if he got hit by a bus tomorrow, if he got caught up in a dog fighting scheme and got kicked out of the league tomorrow, um, he would he he's he's good. He is. And I think one of the things that have that has really impressed me about LeBron is that he's never said I mean, other than the comment of chasing Jordan, he know, he rarely mentions Jordan. He says, I want to be recognized as the best. And I think by far he's the best of his generation. And that includes Kobe. And that's my opinion. You got to, you know, if you disagree, hit me up on Twitter at 12 Kyle. Um, but I think he's the best of his generation. I think he's the best that we've seen in a very, very long time. He's not, he wasn't that he's not the next Jordan. He, his version is, is the version of LeBron. And I think, I think what you have to understand is that his story is still being written. So I, I, I stopped to compare I stopped comparing him to Jordan or, or, or any of the all-time greats because his, he still has chapters. The, the book isn't closed yet. And, and like B said, we really have – it's safe to say that LeBron is in his prime. Some may say he's on the downside of his prime, but even if – because LeBron is not maybe the defender that he was two or three years ago. But nonetheless, offensively, I mean, and we've seen him in this playoffs, shooting lights out, especially from three. Um but nah, I think even if you say he's on the downside of his prime, that downside is a whole lot better than everybody else's upside. So um, I think we could see LeBron dominate at this level, you know, for another three years, three or four years or so. Um, but no, he's good. He's solidified. If, if it all ended tomorrow, he's a Hall of Fame, obviously. He's solidified. Uh, he's, you know, depending on who you ask, top five, maybe top three players of all time, depending on who you ask. 
because there are some people that just don't like LeBron. We've talked about this at nauseum, and that has nothing to do with his basketball acumen and what he's done on the court. Um, but yeah, man, I, does he have anything to prove? No. Even the whole Chase and Jordan thing, I think you 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 make a great point. I think he was, you know, high off the 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 win of last year, and that's when he said that. You know, the reg and NBA players will tell you the the regular season is a grind. They they yearn to get to this point of the season. And I think there's something and, and we were all I don't know how to say we because we really weren't critical of LeBron taking rest. But I think there's something. And here's a, something that, that I think is not being said enough. LeBron getting some of the rest that he got, particularly on the back end of the season. And then now you're talking about. You know, you're not playing every night and, you know, it's every other day or so. I think that's reflective in his game. And I think that's why that's one of the reasons why he has played. I mean, he's averaged, what, 36? You know, this this past series, he averaged, I think, 36 and 8 or something like that. I mean, like, it's crazy. And I think that's only going to increase. I mean, and they're looking at having, what, a week and a couple of days uh, between mm-hmm. now and the start of the conference finals. That's even more rest for him. Um so nah, does he have anything to prove? Nope, not even close. Yeah, I, I mean, I know people are gonna do it, but I'm just sick of all of the comparing this person. Is he better than this person? Is he better? Like, let's can let's just enjoy all the greatness. Yeah, let's just, it's, it's not like we can get in a time machine and and, right. bring, and take LeBron right. back to 1992. Right. That's what so. I'm <laughs> like, I, so. I enjoy Magic's greatness. I enjoy Birds. I enjoy Zeke's. I enjoy you know everyone's greatness for the time that that it was. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's let's just enjoy it, man. Like. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm sick of the always comparing them or trying to, you know, comparing this person. I don't think I don't think we do any any justice to any of these players by doing it like that. Right. Um, moving on, we uh, got some. <laughs> your man Draymond Green is in the headlines again. He made some headlines. Um, Draymond Green uh, on his podcast, uh, Dre Day, which actually is a pretty good podcast. If, if you listen to podcasts. Um, Draymond and I subscribe to his podcast. Is pretty good, so if you get a chance after you listen to our podcast, obviously check out his podcast. It's pretty good. Now, other than Draymond breaking down Kendrick and Drake, Draymond, if you're listening to this podcast, please stick to sports. Uh, your music <laughs> knowledge is terrible. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. Okay, so you heard it. I mean, don't talk about Kendrick and Drake. Um, nonetheless, man, he he had the audacity. Uh, to call Kelly Olenek from the uh, Boston Celtics a dirty player. Oh my God! I'm sorry. <laughs> so, 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 B, I'll start right there with you, man. Who do you think is the dirtiest player in the NBA right now? And of the basketball that you've seen, who is the dirtiest player of all time? Uh, whoa, dirtiest player of all time. Or yeah, and who do you think is the dirtiest right now? I mean, is it? Do we even still have dirty players right now in today's league? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we do. <laughs> I hey, mean, not, not like. I mean, is anyone that's dirty? Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe I'm comparing it wrong because I'm thinking of like someone who was dirty now that was dirty compared to players in the '80s and early '90s. That's that's what I'm thinking. Like, um. I can't even think of no one. I mean, it's Draymond. I don't, I don't know. I don't even know who's. I'm trying to think. I don't, I, I've never watched a game where I'm like, man, that dude's dirty. I mean, mm-hmm. the first player I thought of recently, well, he's retired now, was possibly Bruce Bowen. Um, 
other than that, <laughs> other than that, man, I, I, I mean, I can't really think of nobody like really now where I'm like, where I'm watching them and I'm like, oh man, that, that's a dirty ass play. Like that was dirty. I mean, maybe Draymond off of his kicking in the growings, but you know, it's not consistent enough for me. Like if I'm, if I'm going to consider you dirty, damn it. Every time I'm watching you on the court, you're doing something where I'm like, dude, maybe Patrick Beverly, he, but he just plays with like a little. He's just that like that aggravating dude that's just always guarding you. But I don't mm-hmm. really consider him dirty. Um, I don't know. Ken, you got somebody? It's not like you got somebody. I I, I can't think of no one that's uh, dirty. Well, well, we know Bill Lambeer was one and Dennis Rodman. Oh, yeah. Uh, I can, little... Yeah, I can. Yeah. But he was saying of all time. So I started thinking back then. But, yeah, I mean, Rick Mahorn. Beer, I mean, damn near almost some of the bad boy players. Um, uh. Um, Dennis Rodman. Yeah, Dennis Rodman. Mm-hmm. Um, God, I'm drawing a blank because it's so many. It's so many. It's so much basketball I've watched in my lifetime. Um, I mean, it's not just the bad boys. I mean, NBA was physical as hell in the '80s and '90s, so it's not just them. I don't know, man. I, I yeah, I really don't. I, okay, yeah, that's I cool. Really what about you, Ken? You got any any uh, dirty players from right now or uh, all time? Um, right now, I think it's Kelly Olenek, you know, and, 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 and only because like, I, I was on the fence about what he did last, uh, two years ago with Kevin Love. And, and what turned me was there was a play where he was holding, and you guys may have seen it. He was holding Robin Lopez's arm the same mm-hmm. exact way. And at that point, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. This this dude is doing this intentionally. Like, that wasn't a basketball move. And a lot of players, if I recall from two years ago, were saying that it wasn't a basketball move then. Because, I mean, you remember the play. He, he the, the play was over. He's just grabbing and running with yeah, the guy's arm, you know, uh, down the court. So, I, I think Kelly Olenek is there. And I think that's exactly why Oubre ran up on him like that. And, and and I I hate to to cut into but as I mentioned at the top we're watching uh, the Spurs and the Rockets play and the game is going to overtime and I'm just noticing that Kawhi Leonard is on the bench. Uh, I, I know he's he hurt. Twist, yeah, he yeah. twisted his ankle early in the game. If Kawhi Leonard is hurt, ooh, <laughs> Spurs can forget about it. Spurs can forget about it. Um, but I'm sorry, Ken. Um, FIFA, what about you, man? You got any uh, any dirty players right now in all time? Right now, man, I, I probably I probably say Draymond. <laughs> That's why I found the I found the comments to be comical when I saw when I heard it on the podcast. I'm like Draymond, come on, man. I mean, we just we just saw you kick a man in the nuts last year. I- I mean, but um, besides, besides that, what has he? What else has he really? Well, you know, last what, year was really like the was like the microscope of Draymond with the kicking thing. But like, you know what it is, B? I think for me and you guys know because you guys play basketball. Draymond seems to me like the kind of guy that you want on your team, but you don't want to play against him. You know what I mean? That kind of guy. Um, yeah, he don't he don't strike me as a dirty. Player. And I like Draymond. I like Draymond. I like his podcast. I think he's I think he's a pretty interesting dude. But um, yeah. But but and me saying Draymond is probably the dirtiest player. I it goes back to what you said, B. 
we really don't have dirty players like we did. Right. Like who's who's the Vernon Maxwell of this league right now? Ooh. You know what I'm saying? Like I but Vernon wasn't dirty though. Hey, Vernon would bust your ass off. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah okay, you're right. So, you're right, Kyle. You're right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, so the only so when so, I like when I think of my my all time dirty players, it's got to be like everybody on like the '88 Pistons except Joe Dumars. So that's that's those are like my dirtiest players. Whole Pistons squad okay. except Joe D. Charles Oakley. You think Oakley and Anthony Mason? Hell oh. yeah! And Mason Mason kind of what? <laughs> All the Knicks was dirty. God bless the dead. Mason was kind of dirty. Yeah, the Knicks. That Knicks. What? They, they were grimy, dog. <laughs> yeah. And you Derek remember Harper, the no John layup. Starks? I was telling my son the other day about the no layup rule that the Knicks implied, and what they mean by that is just that no lay- in the playoffs they gave up no layups. If you were in the lane, you're getting fouled. Hard foul, get to the line, shoot you two. They, they, um, I saw, no, I heard, um, like some NBA players or somewhere I heard a lot of people say Bruce Bowen was dirty. And I don't remember yeah, it yeah. like that. Well, you know what it is? Bruce was really, he, he was a defender and um, he was really Whenever aggressive. you run at somebody with your feet as a drop, yeah. you're dirty. <laughs> Y'all, this yeah, dude Bruce. literally Wally <laughs> Zerk in the face on purpose, dog. Why would you jump? Try to block a shot. You know me. Jump with your hands up, right? You jump with your foot for it. Come on now. Hey, 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 no. Hey, Kent. I'll put it like this. There's been many of people who have landed on Bruce Bowen's uh, size 14 foot. Yes. And roll their ankles. Now he would tell you that it wasn't on purpose, but I don't know about that. <laughs> what about KG? KG was pretty dirty. Yeah, I think he got a reputation uh, for being dirty. As yeah, he got I think older. verbally, I think verbally more so, he would say some stuff that would like, you know, get under some guy's skin like really bad. Mm-hmm. Like when he I called, which, like when he called Charlie Villanueva <laughs> a, a cancer patient or something like that. Like he called him. But the craziest was what he told uh, Carmelo. Right, that's Yo, what I'm saying. So he was, un- he was verbally dirty. Oh, he, he was verbally dirty. He wasn't. He wasn't like. Physical. But he was physically dirty too, though. Like you know, what I'm saying he he was nah. he was very physical. Yeah, he, he was used physical, but I, I wouldn't say dirty though. Like verbally, hell yeah, he was dirty as hell. What but, about Matt Barnes? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Dirty. A thug. But was I, he I, dirty I, though? Because now you making you say he's a thug. Bernie Maxwell was a thug, but I mean Bernie Maxwell. Was yeah, huh? he's a little bit of both. I think he's a little bit of both. Derek Fisher's dirty Mac, but that's not that's another story for another day. I mean, um, we gotta say Delhi. Oh I yeah, don't think he is, but yeah, you know. Ken, your guy Delhi almost broke Kyle Corver's ankle. <laughs> yeah, so it, it, it's it's some dirty plays, but like B said, man, it, in twenty seventeen. Uh, Dirty players really aren't what they were in, you know, 1997 or 87 or something like that. Um, Speaking of Kevin Garnett, man, uh, as we wrap up the podcast, the Kevin Garnett, as many of you know, has a uh, show on TNT called Area 21 um, where he's just, you know, kind of lounging. He's on there. He's kicking it, whatever. Um, Kevin Garnett uh, last night on last night's broadcast 
had a chance to bring on some of his former teammates from the 2008 Celtics team. That's the team, if you remember, won the championship, uh, first and only championship for uh, Kevin Garnett and Paul uh, uh, Paul Pierce. Um, so on his show, he brought in members of the Celtics team, Paul Pierce, Rajon Rondo, Glenn, Big Baby Davis, and uh, Kendrick Perkins. They all sat around, and they were talking. And then the conversation came to a former teammate who was not there. In fact, this former teammate was not invited. Uh, it was Ray Allen. As many of you know, Ray Allen left the Celtics uh, and went on to win another ring with LeBron and the Miami Heat. was a very instrumental catalyst uh, in them beating the Spurs uh, for that ring. Uh, I, at that particular time that he went to the Heat, um, they were one of the biggest rivals, probably the biggest rival of the Celtics. Uh, subsequently, Ray leaving that Celtics team, the Celtics uh, lost in the first round and, uh, you know, didn't do much after that. So and so subsequently, you know, these all of these guys ended up leaving the Celtics for one reason or another. Um, so let's start right there, man. They decided to publicly air their grievances about Ray Allen. Uh, I don't have the clip here, but I mean, I'm sure most of you by now have heard the clip of KG, his thoughts on a big baby. Everybody weighed in on it with the exception of Rondo. Um, but the fact that they brought this out publicly, Ken, what, what's your what, what's your thought on that? Um, <laughs> petty old men sitting around talking about <laughs> you know, a guy that they have beef with, man, that they should just um, be men right. and, and call him up, call dog. Him up, dog. Yeah. You know, that, that, that's my, that, my thing. That's my, my thing. Um, um, yeah, I, and it felt yeah, weird, I, like, felt hearing weird. Kendrick Perkins, of all people, say it's up to Ray <laughs> Allen to have to reach out to, to make things good when you got everybody speaking publicly about you know him not being invited um you know rondo saying this that and the other like it's it's like come on man like y'all played together you guys won a championship together he was an integral part of that and you guys know what went down you guys are made yeah. it seem like it was all ray allen and we remember that time you guys constantly had him on the trading block you knew that mm -hmm. he and rondo didn't get get along together because Rondo was ready to become the man and and was very temperamental. So it's it's unfortunate, man. We like that was one of the best years of the NBA, one of the best times of the NBA when the three of them were playing together. It was the big three plus mm -hmm. Rondo. The original big three. It was Yeah, yeah. It, it, and, and and like I said, plus Rondo, right? So um it was Damn. Ray Allen. Paul Pierce, <laughs> Kevin Garnett, and that was it. So I hope they reach out to each other, man, and talk this thing through, and um, and make amends because they we don't need this to continue to go any further, man. Um, celebrate that moment and enjoy it uh, as time go on goes on, man, because it's going to be one of those moments in NBA history that we'll all remember. What about you, FIFO? What's your take on uh, how they handle that? I'm in complete agreement with Ken, man. Um, 
that moment you can't you can't separate that that's something that you're gonna go down with and at the time he was your brother and that's what you should be celebrating and we know as as basketball players you're businessmen and that was a business decision at the end of the day you know if maybe if things would have worked out better he would have stayed but shit who who's gonna turn down lebron james and miami like that that's that's Mm. that's hard that's pretty hard to turn down and you know the opportunity to win a chip so me from a basketball player perspective i get it but i feel like those celtics guys just need to get over it and they're the ones that really need to reach out yeah it's not on ray it's not on ray allen it's on y'all 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 it's it's a group of y'all it was just ray so i i don't know man i i i think they're kind of i don't i don't want to call them what i really want to call them but you know it is what it is (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, you know, I ain't gonna do that. <laughs> B, what about you, man? What, what was your take on it? Yeah, man, I agree, man. Just looking, just like some acting like some high school girls. It just, man, just be some like can say, man, be some grown man and handle the damn situation. Uh, this it looks bad, man. Y'all at this age and at this point, it's still like kind of holding grudges. I mean. After the whole beef and spin out we saw with Kobe and Shaq, and you know, at the end of the day, they're older now. They put away their differences. They know that those two dudes made history at LA, you know, as Lakers. You know, they know they can go down as probably one of the, you know, top top two, top three best duels ever in NBA. And they they appreciate that and they know that. Same thing with this, man. Those guys got came together, you know, kind of at the end of their prime, a little, you know, past heading on the decline of their prime. They came together as a team, made 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 a special run. You know, went to the NBA Finals two times, uh, got them a ship. The only uh, championship that Kevin Garnett got, all of them got, well, with, with the exception of Ray Allen. But um, yeah, Rondo, all of them got got championships. They all did it together. And just you know, celebrated together, man. Jesus Christ, just holding on to that grudge and just looking bitter like that, man. It just it it just it's not a good look for grown men. You know what right. I'm saying? Like for grown amen looking like this man like stop it like just get someone on the phone y'all talk talk it out and hash it up man just you know don't be holding on the grudges forever it's gonna really look off of these dudes like 50 some years <laughs> old and they still not talking to ray allen it's like come on man really like really all because he just wanted to leave as a free agent i mean from what i remember it looked like they was kind of going with jason terry for as they uh two guards so ray and allen avery bradley yeah yeah, uh, Ray Allen felt some type of way. He ready to wait to free agency, which which you supposed to do the right thing, and he and he left. You know, so I don't know, man. It it, it just looks really bitter and stale to me. I, I don't like it. Looks man. corny. It looks very corny. I'm I'm a I'm gonna keep it a buck, man. They look like a bunch of bitches, and <laughs> and I don't use you that word. I, I, I you said. <laughs> Hey people, I know you wanted to say it. I'm gonna say it for you. And I and I and I don't use that word a lot, but that's what they look like, man. And, and you know what, man? The more I watched it, the more I was disappointed in it. It yeah, and it looked it looked real corny. I mean, like you guys are five grown men on national TV, and you got okay. If you got agreements with him, you got beef with him. Okay, cool. But if you got a problem, if what a man does is, if you have a problem with another man, you take it to that man. Right. Talk, him, talk to him face to face. You don't bring me up. You don't go on national TV to air my air your grievances, air your dirty laundry. 
And, you know, they, they made a comment, well, yeah, we won championships together. We won games together. We spent, it, spent time in each other's lives. So that, that sounds to me like it means something. So if it means something, you're demeaning it by taking this on national TV when this could have been something that y'all had or talked about behind closed doors on the phone. You know, and, and I agree with B. And I, Ray Allen shouldn't have to make the first move. Kendrick Perkins like, yeah, he should he should call us and, you know, we're here if we want to make the first move. Y'all already made the first move by bringing this on national TV. I mean, I was I was disappointed, man. I'm like, is this the NBA or is this Real Housewives of Atlanta? Because that's what it looked like. That's exactly what it looked like. The only thing was missing was Nene. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'm not I'm not feeling that, man. I'm very disappointed in how they handled it. Um, I, I'll be honest. I lost a lot of respect for all those guys because I think that's something as men we don't do. We, if you got a problem, and if you listen to this podcast, if you got a problem with another man, talk to that man. You know, don't try to subtweet him on Twitter or you know, <laughs> be passive aggressive on Instagram. Talk to him. I mean, it's that's what men do. We don't we don't take it to the you know we don't take it to the radio and air out our beefs or, or TV or stuff like that. It's just it's corny. And then and that's exactly how all of them look, real corny. And Ray Allen, you know, he's at home chilling. So y'all get it together. Uh, this is the closing of our podcast. Uh, it's time for our closing thoughts. Uh, first up the bat, my man FIFO. FIFO, what you got for your closing thought? LeVar Ball. <laughs> I, know, I know we touched on it, and I defended it at first. But listening to his reasons as to why he <laughs> priced this at what he priced this, man, yo. you a shoe guy, you a shoe guy, people. Yep. Yeah, you a shoe guy, man. Th- 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 this guy, this guy's crazy. Th- th- this guy is crazy. But you know what though? If Trump can be president, Lavar <laughs> <laughs> Ball could make a billion dollars selling four hundred dollars shoes, man. I, I I I I'm just I'm just astonished. I, um, it, it, it's kind of crazy. And the flip flops for two hundred, two twenty flip flops. Oh man, that 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 yo, I, I'm sorry. I, I don't even know what else to say, man. That 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 is. This is America, people. This is America. Wow. Yeah, I yo, just beat the two. Ken, what you got? Matt Harvey. <laughs> Matt Harvey, folks, uh, was suspended for three games um, because he was out pottying a little too much. Um, and it's it's like all kinds of stuff is starting to leak out now. Uh, apparently, he um, he's not well-liked by his teammates, uh, this, that, and the other, man. So, um, yeah, dog, like, look, man, you're, you're supposed to be the Mets' ace. And you got you have to be and act more responsible than what you are. Like if you're supposed to pitch the next day, and like you were, you which was on a Sunday, you can't be coming into crib at four a.m. in the morning <laughs> and trying to call out. You have four other days that you're off. You pitch every fifth day, and you want to go out the night. Before you're scheduled to pitch, man, you need to get yourself together. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, man, that's that's just not a good look, man. Not a good look at all. So, uh, Matt Harvey, 
It was all good just a week ago, and please do better. No doubt, no doubt. What about you, B? What you got for your uh, final thought? Uh, final thought is, um, I haven't done the research, and I need to do this research. But I would like to know: Have there ever been two teams of the Eastern and Western Conference final, uh, Western Conference swept their way into the finals and going into the finals undefeated? Um, uh, no, that's never happened. If not, I would like to see that happen. I, I don't think it would happen, but. I would like to see that happen now that we have Cavs and uh, Golden State still 8-0 right now um, in the playoffs. Um, I would like to see them be 12-0 going into the NBA Finals. I think that would be that would be pretty awesome. I think that would be good. I, I like seeing history-making stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like last year. Cleveland coming back from the Warriors' first team in the NBA Finals history to come back down 3-1. I thought that was, you know, it was cool historic to see that. And they did it to a team that won 73 games in that same season. So yeah, um, yeah, I, it's just a little, little, little pet peeve. Not your pet peeve, but like just something personal I would like to see uh, happen um, in this year's playoffs. As we have two of the teams who we're assuming are already that's going to be in the finals anyway. Hey, why not just have them both be undefeated, twelve and zero? You know, going into the NBA finals. But um, yeah, that's about it. That's my final thought. Let, make, make it happen. The- uh, go to state and, and Cleveland. Speaking of the playoffs, did 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 we forget that San Antonio had the second best record in the in in the NBA in the Western Conference? No, nope, we, did. we didn't forget. No, nope, we didn't forget. You know, you know, San Antonio's always been the back burner, man. But keep in oh, mind, there's only one person on this podcast that picks San Antonio. I I, I, I know, Kyle. <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking about. I'm like, and I just saw like for for those of you they won listening, like sixty you, plus games. Yeah, and I, I don't know what I was thinking. I apologize, but James Harden just got outclosed by. Danny Ginobili. Green. Ginobili. And Danny Ginobili. Green and Ginobili. Yeah. Like, dog, what the hell? He's bad shots, poor turnovers, not taking the big shot. Ugh. Ugh, and also, big... man, I mean, what 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 if what if Houston lose this series? What are we gonna say about James Harden when it comes to postseason? Everything we need to say about him. And they yeah. didn't have Kawhi in this game. And yeah. they lost right. this game when Kawhi set out. Yeah, lost yeah, the game yeah, in dog. overtime. So for so, those of you listening, you know, uh, San Antonio goes up three two. If, if Rockets lose, if Rockets lose this series, you know, are we gonna pin James Harden as that regular season player? And and, and you know what I'm saying? Nate and Manny, huh? Nate Manny. <laughs> That's what you're saying. It people? always come back to Manny. <laughs> That's what I'm hey, saying, man. man. Like we we gotta start having these conversations. If James Harden not showing up in, in the postseason. I'm sure. I'm sure he'll show up in. Or at least I hope he shows up in Houston. No, um, not. this is over. Uh, <laughs> my final thought, man. Uh, to quote the great coach Herm Edwards, "Think before you press in." Uh, I would like to send this message to my man Kristaps Porzingis, <laughs> aka KP. Um, this past Saturday night, man, Kristaps Porzingis, uh, All World uh, Power Forward center, whatever whatever position you want to call him, uh, for the New York Knicks, uh, sent out a tweet, or there was a tweet that came from his Twitter account, his uh, verified Twitter account, has a little blue check, and it says, L.A. Clippers, and three happy happy faces. Um, now, he followed up, I guess, maybe a couple hours later, uh, by saying, quote, I was hacked last night. And a post was made from my account. I've alerted Twitter and they're looking into the incident. Come on, bro. You wasn't hacked. You sent that tweet. I mean, you know what, man? I, I, I don't, And I try to think of 
like what he could have been doing to have sent that tweet. And it came down to one thing. He was drinking. When, when you're drinking, you know, put, put your phone down because you're going to send a text. You're going to send a DM. You're going to send something that you ain't got no business saying. So Christoph Spazingas, nah, man, you you sent that tweet. Nobody hacked. And I always find it funny how people say that their accounts get hacked and then like they still keep the account like like they don't change the account or change the password or anything. Um, Just keep it real with us, man. Just say you were joking or something. I don't know what you're going to say, but you put that on there. man. You, You sent that. You know damn well you said that tweet. Nobody hacked your account. Nobody did anything but you. So, like I said, man, think before you press in. To quote Jay-Z, we don't believe you. You need more people. Ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do for us. Again, thank you for listening to another edition of the Dead End Sports Podcast. For FIFO, for BZ, Ken, I'm your man, 12 Kyle. We'll catch you guys next week. Peace. Peace. Peace.